The following is a Just Green production brought to you by the Might Be News Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 46, the podcast where we explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. How you doing tonight? Happy Christmas week, Eve. <laughs> Christmas is that week a thing? Eve. It's a week That's hilarious. Eve. So is it Christmas week, Eve? I think so. I like it. I'm going with it. That Woo! sounds like a thing, and I like it. Um, my brother Taylor is here and not here. He's producing the show. He got banged up at work. He's got a concussion. He can't look at screens and whatever, but he's in the background there somewhere. I don't know if you can hear me, Taylor, but uh, say hi if you want. There he is. He's going to communicate to us through the board. And we've got a very special guest tonight. Our buddy from Kennet Brew Fest, Jeff Norman. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, glad to be here, you guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Jeff. Uh, it, it's always a pleasure to chat with you and talk to talk to you. We've had you on the show before at a brew fest, but we haven't done a live stream or anything like this before, right? No, yeah, I was I was on at uh, like the regular kind of brew fest in mm-hmm. uh, I guess nineteen. Yeah, yeah, last year. Yeah, you guys were there last year. Time flies, man crazy stuff well uh let's get the uh, pleasantries out of the way make sure you check out the brand new mbnnetwork.com it's never been easier to find your new favorite podcast um you really should check it out if you go there look for the bruise page we have the um th- there's a whole playlist of just our episodes so it's a nice easy way to track our episodes down instead of going to like spotify or wherever and searching through everything so check out the website um also, uh, help us get, make the show bigger and better than ever before. Become a patron on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Network. $5 a month helps us get better equipment and gives you exclusive content from all the shows. And shout out to our sponsors, Unomia CBD. Go to unomiacbd.com. Use promo code MBN for 20% off, free shipping, and a free gift that's unomiacbd.com, E-U-N-O-M-I-A-C-B-D.com. Okay, terrific. <laughs> there we go. That seemed a lot harder tonight than normal. I'm just it, a little, little funk, I guess. It sounded harder. <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit beat tonight. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, quarantine, working from home. I just, I've turned into like one of those people from Wally that just doesn't move. You know, like, I feel like I'm just in a chair all day and I'm at my computer and I just twist from my computer to the TV and back and, and that's become my life. So today, like going out and shoveling and, and doing stuff like that, it just, I'm whooped, man. It's the most activity I've, I've done in, in a while. Might I suggest opening a beer? Let's do that. So Mr. Steve and I, um, we have the same beer, LBC. Um, which I think we can represent Linwood Brewing Company. Can you tell me anything about this, Mr. Steve? I can tell you nothing about them except they are from Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. My boy, uh, my boy Dave went down and uh, he visited that area, Raleigh, uh, Asheville, 
that kind of area. Brought us back some uh, some goodies to uh, sample from some different places. Got some Linwood, got some Burial. There was some Wicked Weed in there. Um, so this is uh, what we're trying tonight. Thanks, Dave, for the uh, hookup. Yeah, thanks, Dave. I can smell the hops on this one. We're, we're big fans of, uh, of Mosaic, as uh, most of our listeners know, but... I thought it'd be a good idea to start with pale ale, but let's hop over to Jeff. Cause I want to know what Jeff's sipping on. What do you have down there? All right. I got the, uh, let's see if I can hold this up. You guys, uh, it's washed out. Oh, I can see it now. Uh, I've got the brew gentleman. Uh, I believe it's pronounced Mies and Rose, the table beer, the Belgian uh, oak barrel table beer that you guys love so much. Oh, I, love so that beer. I thought I'd break that out for the evening. <laughs> a very, very tasty beverage. Just to piss, just to piss you off. I guess. <laughs> I've got one in the closet. Don't make me break it out. Uh-huh. Jeff, you got a shout out here from uh, Miss Olga over there at Dressler State. Oh, yeah. Hi. Oh, man, I love them. They're such nice people. They're the best. So, Jeff, um, really exciting news. We know that um, Kennet Winterfest, Kennet Brewfest is one of our favorite events. Uh, it's just so much fun. You do such a great job putting it on. But obviously, with COVID, uh, the, the Kennet Brewfest this summer was turned into the Backyard Edition, which was a really cool take on things. And now we've got uh, the Kennet Winterfest doing the same thing. I saw Backyard Edition, but I also saw you guys call it the... Uh, what was it? The bonfire edition. Bonfires and beers. Yeah. Bonfires and beers. So um, it's really exciting. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. So anybody that's watching, that's uh, that's listening to us, make sure you you know set your alarms. It seems like these things sell out pretty quickly. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah. The uh, I don't have the direct etix link, but if you just go to uh, com. Uh, you'll be able to click through right there to order. Uh, surprisingly, in, in the fall, the, the backyard edition of the regular Brewfest sold out in the, uh, about five days. Uh, wow. Which we really had no idea. I mean, you know, it was a first time thing. I didn't, I didn't even know if it was a, you know, a great idea, but I just knew we had to try to do something instead of, kick it down the road to 2021 like everyone else seemed to be doing. So uh, everyone really embraced it. And, uh, you know, the brewers are just fantastic. I mean, they get on board. Uh, the initial idea was to just do a case. Of, of, I was going to try to get 24 breweries and do one case of beer. And uh, and then people could uh, celebrate in their backyard. And, you know, I had 24 breweries confirmed by email in like less than 10 minutes yes. <laughs> you know and then, and then i had a, a listing of uh you know alternate one through eight or something so i just talked to the committee and said i really think i can get the 48 here and we can do two cases which would be a kind of a neat idea you know you could buy just one but the hope is that most people will pick up one of each and and, and then it also uh, it also reduced my ask from the breweries, which made it a little more uh, palatable to some of them. Uh, you know, I was going to need like 40, just over 40 cases to sell a thousand cases if it was one case. And when I was able to reduce it down to 21, uh, it made a lot of people happier, I think. 
just that, you know, they'd be able to handle something like that on a run, especially someone who's a little bit smaller. So, so that's how it happened. And, um, and then of course it was like, well, I just committed to buy thousands of beers they <laughs> sell, you know, and, uh, and it went really well. So the logistics for the, for the winter fest are a little tougher, uh, it was no picnic putting these, the other cases together. I mean, we literally had two lines of 24 breweries and we had to hand pick and go down the line and set them down at the end and someone snapped them all together. We had to unsnap everything. So the idea of trying something different or even reinventing again for a time when you have less daylight, cause we had to put the cases together outside and, uh, and, you know, now we could be doing it with gloves on our hands because it might be 28 degrees. So, um, so I think we thought it was so successful that, you know, that's just followed the model again. I think it just makes sense. So out of all the breweries that you guys got involved, um, you know, I'll show a picture here in a minute of all the breweries that you guys got, but what goes into reaching out to them and getting them on the show? Getting them uh, on, you know, uh, as to participate. Yeah, that's pretty much my gig. Um, you know, there are a lot of pieces to the festivals when they're run outside, or even this one now with the the case idea. And I have a great set of uh, volunteers and and a and a brewfest committee of about eight people uh, that usually put everything together. But I'm the I'm the brewery contact. I you know I started the Brew Brewfest in 1998, so. You know, like Bill Kovaleski, you know, rolled two kegs out of a white van and tapped the beer, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I have a pretty extensive master list of uh, contacts for breweries. And, you know, I, I mean, I stay involved. I know who's opening. I make contacts right away with new people. We always seem to get a lot of new uh, personnel. So uh, I just think I've build up a lot of goodwill over, you know, 22 years of doing the festival. I think the breweries trust us at Kennett. Uh, they know we run a good show. Uh, they know it's not, a, you know, crazy frat party and uh, they enjoy coming. And, uh, you know, I usually get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of brewers will come to Kennett, which I think is a testament to the, to the event instead of just a rap or something like that. So, so that's just what, I, that's all I do. You know, I get on the horn and I say, look, I got this crazy idea in October. Uh, it's not a six pack of beer in a zoom meeting. You know, it's going to be like a real thing. And we're going to make people come to the site and, you know, the, I want them to feel like they're coming to the Kenneth brew fest as much as humanly possible. And that's where the bonfires and beers was born out of because this would have been the ninth year for the Winterfest. And the big premise of this was to drink great beer outside, you know, because, you know, if you come to Kenna Winterfest, you're a special human being and you're going to tough it out and you're going to, you know, we, anyone can get a big uh, warehouse or a conference area and a conference center and, drink beer inside in February, but you know, if you come to Kenny, you're going to stand outside and drink beer in February. And, uh, so we want people to buy this case tomorrow, take it home like they did in the fall, 
fire up the fire pit, <laughs> wear your mask, hang out with your family, your closest friends, and drink this beer outside because that's what you would have been doing that day. So let me see if I can get it up on screen here. Um, I, I would encourage everybody to go check out um, Kenna Brewfest on Facebook, on Instagram. But here's the picture of the cases. What goes into choosing which beers go into which case? Because I, I, you know, I would imagine there's at least some thought to it. You know, it's not just alphabetical, right? I mean, do you? Uh, no, yeah. Well, you, you know, every, you know, every, everyone knows who might be new and exciting and hot, and I know that as well. And uh, you know, that's kind of a starting point. I mean, I, you know, I've I've four Pittsburgh breweries again. I'm not gonna. I'm obviously gonna split them two and two. I'm not gonna put all four in one case. Yep. Uh, but I even mix them up uh, from over October, so their their pairing is uh, different for this case as well. Uh, and I, you know, I, I just started looking at the master list and I, it's kind of intuition of 20 years, you know, of doing this. And, and uh, I even, I usually run the list by, uh, I don't know if you guys know Jeff uh, Williamson at Wayward Beverage, but, uh, you know, they're, they're phenomenal. I mean, we couldn't do either of these festivals without those guys. And because uh, they store the beer, they help set up the case idea. And of course, you know, he, he knows beer as well as anyone that I know. And, uh, you know, we'll look at him crisscross and say, why don't we flip flop this one? And, you know, these guys and those guys. And, uh, I, I guess the easiest thing to say is I think you guys can look at the list and if you feel it looks equitable, then I think I did my job. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. It, it does look like a, a very well put together list. There's just so many fantastic breweries on there. Um, when it comes to the styles of beer, was there anything in particular that you were looking for, or do you do you leave it up to the brewer um, to just kind of put forth what they want to put forth for the event? Um, I kind of leave it up to them because, as in the fall and probably this one, they're they're not all going to be specifically unique beers for us. Um, we're going to get stuff that's, you know, probably in their production line scheduled for February. Uh, you know, it's as simple as that. And it's like, you know, we're going to be running and we're going to have, you know, a hundred case lot. And thank you for buying 21 of the cases from us. Uh, so that happens. Uh, but certain things do get brewed or at least get moved around in a schedule. Uh, in other words, no one's making 21 cases of a beer and giving them to me. You know, every one of these breweries is going to sell the same beer that I put in these cases. But I do ask them if they can to hold that beer until after our event, you know, like start selling it that Monday. So that sure. the people who grab this case get the first taste at it. Uh, and that can't happen with everybody either because a lot, you know, some of these breweries are just, they go into wholesale distribution and beers going out and the beers going out. But in the fall, probably everything we had, uh, you know, didn't, you know, probably the earliest that came out before our event was maybe two to three weeks. And a lot of the brewers did hold the beer until after the event. So, uh, 
I'm expecting, so I, I don't always know the beer, but, uh, and I don't know the beer for tomorrow. So that's a testament to the people who take the chance on us. And I hope that's because of our reputation that it's like, it's going to be good beer. I mean, it's going to be great. beer. Uh, so, um, if this follows tradition of the eight years of being outside, this should be, you know, more big beer heavy, more stouts, uh, you know, hopefully some double box, uh, Bach beers. Uh, I'd like to see more Belgians. Uh, and then, you know, I think you're, you're always, you're always just going to get the double IPAs, big, you know, hazy double IPAs, that kind of stuff. But I, I, I'm anticipating there will be less of that in these two cases than was in the fall. So, Jeff, uh, tell our listeners real quick how they go about it. So you have the Kenneth case and the Winterfest case. Is it two different tickets? It is, uh, and you're limited to on any transaction when you go in tomorrow. You can buy four cases. Uh, but no more than two. So you can't do a three in one. Uh, you can buy a single case. If you just want the Kenna case, buy the Kenna case. If you want one of each, do that. If you want two of one and one of the other, do that as well. And then, you know, you can go as high as four cases. Uh, now, I didn't know this. I was told uh, through e-tickets, an email address will get totally cut off at 10. So if you go in and buy your four and then go back on again because you're having a really big bonfire uh, and you want more cases, you can do that on the same email, but you'll be cut off. At, so, I, so I guess in theory that would be three transactions if you go four, four, and then two. Interesting. So I'm just checking out the lineup again, the, the Kennett case versus the Winterfest case. When you guys did this in the summer, did you find any like anybody um, liking one or the other or anybody like competing against each other? Well, I won't, yeah, I won't say the way it actually went down because I, I might actually get it wrong. But the case that I thought personally was the best case lagged behind the other case by like 50. Oh, wow. So the one sold out at 500 and the other was at 450. And then of course, eventually sold out. But I was, uh, I was uh, a little surprised that it actually went in that order. So who knows? Uh, you know, people look at the list and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think they just look at it and say, ah, I picked the first case, you know, <laughs> what if the first thing they see and they click, I don't really think it goes like that for this event, but um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell. Uh, it, you know, they went pretty evenly for quite a while, but uh, the one case did start to pull away a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. When, when I'm looking at the two cases, I can't really see one that I would really want over the other. It's got such a good blend between the breweries that I see a handful in each one that I'm like really excited to try and to make sure I get beers for. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I think it's a pretty good, um, a, a very good balance. Uh, yeah, I mean, that that's purposeful because I certainly want you to buy both cases. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you come away and say uh, there was only one that I thought was worthwhile, then I didn't do my job. Well, 
Go ahead. But that, that's a ridiculous notion anyway, because it's just like 48 great breweries. I mean, it's just a great list. So yeah, I, it's, I like, it's like seven first timers too, which I was really excited about. I think some people got shut out the first time, uh, heard about the success of the event and how much everyone liked it. And some of my earliest commitments when I put this out, you know, like a month and a half ago were new people that said, we want it. We definitely want it. So. I remember looking at the, uh, at the summer case and saying there was one that I slightly wanted more than the other, but it wasn't real big. This one, I, you could really flip a coin. I couldn't figure out which one I would. Every time I say, oh, well, I want that one. I look at another one and I say, oh, but they have this brewery or they have this brewery. And, and I think both cases are really equal this year. Going to have to get them both. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. Yeah, don't get shut out, guys. I, mean, I feel bad for you. Yeah, I, 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 this I is an have... interesting one because when I do the regular fest, you know, tickets are easy, you know, you know, I can invite you guys, consider you guys like media, you know, you can just get invited in. I mean, I have to, I had to buy cases for this. Yep. So there, there was like zero comp on any of this. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about, um, well, well, once once some somebody actually buys the tickets, um, tell us about what goes into picking them up and the dates and times and and um, what's that part of the transaction? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting because I, I I answered someone on email today that seemed shocked that we were doing this during COVID nineteen. Like they they obviously didn't go to the website and and read up on it, and they must not have been familiar with the fall, but. Um, I mean, we're following every COVID protocol. So what happens, you'll have your ticket. You can either have it on your phone or paper. Uh, you'll drive on to the Brewfest site. So you'll physically drive on site. Uh, so right at the entrance, your ID will be checked. We're asking that you hold it up to your window. Don't roll your window down. Just hold it up to the driver window. We'll check your ID. We wave you in the next station. Uh, you get your tickets scanned, and as much as possible, we're trying to do that the same way through the glass with our scanners. And it worked pretty well. It actually worked better with paper tickets than with uh, being on your phone. That might have been because sort of like a double layer of glass and some glare, maybe, or something. Uh, so we almost are recommending, you know, people print this ticket. I know that seems archaic, but they, they did scan better. So hopefully you go through the ID process and the ticket scanning process without ever rolling your window down or needing to talk to anybody. We then take uh, pieces of paper uh, that indicate your case and the number and put them under your windshield. And then we have people direct you, you drive around the site, you come to the, all the way back to very close to the entrance. Uh, and we have two lanes with both cases are on both sides. Uh, we ask you to pop your trunk or if you'd like them in the back seat and we throw your beer in and close your trunk or door and uh, you're off site. So it's, uh, it went incredibly smooth in October. Uh, more so than I thought. I had this very elaborate map drawn out about like all these stacked cars and 
and everything. And we probably left our window open too long to pick up the case, which will probably shorten for Winterfest. But, you know, we never had more than like five cars, you know, at the pickup location in either line. So it, it went really well, but that, that that's the process. So, um, you know, we hope we don't have to touch anything and you leave your mask on in the car. If you have to roll the window down, you know, if we just can't scan and ask you to roll your window down, we're going to ask you to put your mask on first and, uh, you know, then we'll scan you and get you through the process. It, uh, it went very smoothly and we think that's just the safest way we can do it. Yeah. Absolutely. It sounds like you've got a lot of effort into, um, you know, just planning everything and, and making it very efficient. So I don't, I'm super excited for it. I definitely already have an alarm in my phone so I can make sure that I get them right away. Uh, and I think it's going to be fun. Um, hopefully, I don't know. We'll see, but, but you're right. I think if you have a small gathering with masks, keep your distance, do it outside with a bonfire. It's a good way to share these beers and, um, or, or at least to, you know, I, I also like the idea of it, that it's, it's supporting, a lot of local breweries. Um, th- there are some bigger ones in there too, but there's a lot of a lot of local small brewers in there that you know maybe are having a little bit of trouble or more than usual moving their product where they're used to you know moving things in kegs for draft and you know it, it may be somewhat of a lifeline to them to be able to you know push out a few cases to somebody extra. Yeah, absolutely, and of course you know historic Kenneth's a nonprofit, so. You know, I, I had plenty of discussions for the October Brewfest. You know, if there was any way, you know, we could keep a range on our cost for, for these things. And yeah, that's a tough ask because, you know, in, in the middle of this pandemic, I mean, I know all the breweries are suffering, cideries, meteries. And, uh, but I think we came to a pretty good agreement. And on the flip side of that, John, I agree with you completely. It's like, hey, look, man, one hit, I'm buying 21 cases of 16-ounce cans from you. So, you know, that's not a problem for some people, but it's probably a pretty good sale for others. So I do agree with that. Absolutely. In the the 22 years, how many different breweries have you had? In total, do you have that number? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I can tell you that in 1998, I think we had 14, and probably like six of those were like imports, like German imports or something. Not like Heineken, but, a, you know, a really decent uh, German beer. I don't even think we had Belgians at that point. Uh, and I, you know, I think I had Yards, Victory, Sly Fox, Dock Street. Uh, uh, you know, I can't remember. Uh, and you know, now I think the most I've ever had. Uh, we cut back a little bit, but I think like three years ago we had 110. Whew. So, yeah. So you know, some have come, some have gone. Uh, I would probably say different breweries, you know, at least in the 200s, I would think. You know, some some come for a while, they don't, and then they come again. It's a really nice addition this year. I I was able to get Forest in Maine to do Winterfest. We haven't seen them for a couple years for whatever reason. Uh, Not, 
you know, not because there was a problem or an issue, but, you know, internally they just may take a different view of doing fests or whatever. So, so, you know, sometimes stuff comes around and, you know, there's always new people when we do it outside. I, I think the, the last, uh, last, uh, in 19, when you guys were there, I, I might've had like 20 over 20 first time breweries that, so that's what keeps it exciting for me. I mean, it's always kind of a new, fresh, you know, rotation and turnover of people. And, you know, hopefully some favorites don't get shut out. But, you know, there's a number. So when I hit it, I hit it. And, you know, if you didn't get back to me, you'll have to wait till the next one, I guess. All right. All right. Get one more from across the U.S. to have the next one. Your dream brewery. Uh, who is it? Uh, I can't really do this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm media. I'm media. You need to answer the questions. Uh, Come on. Anyway. From across the, the country. Call. Well, you know, uh, this will be an easy one, and you're going to probably think I suck. But uh, and, and I've had some of their bottles before, but I begged for years and years uh, to get Russian River, to get Pliny and Blind Pig uh, at the beer festival, and it's yet to happen, and it probably isn't going to happen. But that uh, that would be a coup for me, I think. And uh, so I'll I'll say that I'll work on. Uh, I'll work on. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, we've had damnation bottles and that kind of stuff for like the connoisseur, but never been able to get any keg beer for it. And, you know, I used to, you know, you know, I'm a rock star. I, you know, we used to have Hill Farmstead. Like, no one else had Hill Farmstead, I can tell you that. And and they kind of, you know, they, they just went to an explosion level where just, and their, their local rep really helped me out a lot. And he he's not there anymore. So the, the whole thing just kind of fell apart. But for a couple of years, that was... Uh, that was a really nice get. Oh, it is. Uh, I believe it. How does that affect the brew fest when you have one of those breweries that just has so much demand or has a beer there that so many people want? You know, it creates a line. Do you feel like, you know, is it is there a balance to it? You know, or is it is it too much positive or is there negativity keeping keeping people from other breweries? Yeah, I mean, logistically, it's a headache. People trying to cut through and stuff. But, uh, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't fault any brewery for sort of having cult status and, and by the same token, uh, I ask them, you know, so it's like, so, I mean, it's not really problematic, but you know, I mean, it's hard, uh, when we get someone like that, you know, I have to really talk to them about poor size because I want as many people as possible to get to taste it. And you know, you're going to get loopers for breweries like that. So True. someone's going to go up, get their sample and just go right to the back of the line again. So, it, you know, it makes it a little difficult, but, but, uh, but no, I love getting those people. I mean, I love it. I'm sure. Yeah, well, I think we should definitely talk beers here for a minute. Jeff, if you want to start, um, you've got the table beer. I'd love if you feel like it, you know, give me some tasting notes, what you like about it, what you don't like, if there's anything. 
Well, what when you get to be an old guy like me, what I really like is it's uh, 4.8%, which is just really nice. And, uh, um, you know, there's definitely oak uh, from, from the barrel aging. Uh, it's sour, but not puckering so. Uh, has that Belgian funk, you know, it, uh, a little bit of the barnyard uh, quality to it. There's sort of a touch of lemon, a little bit of lemoniness to it. Uh, if I can, if I can look at the the label, so the mise en rose literally means setting the rose which is the stage of the barrel making process where the barrel first begins to take shape hmm. with a focus on mixed culture, fermentation, extended aging and oak and careful blending the beers we truly love to brew and share are brought to life. So they don't really talk about the process. I'm, I'm almost thinking that this, this might be a, a blend of different age ages of the beer. Uh, but they, they don't necessarily say that, which, uh, you know, I mean, that's a skill in and of itself. I mean, sure. sure. You know, it's crazy. like Cantillon in Pittsburgh, you know, if they're pulling out this stuff off. But this is, uh, it's effervescent. You know, it's light. It's, well, you guys know. It's oh, like, yeah. It was your favorite of the fest. So. <laughs> it was. It's amazing. It's, like, it's an amazing it's a really nice beer. It always, I don't know, I don't know enough about brewing to, to make like a, a solid statement probably, but, you know, the wild ferment beers, I assume, can't just be that simple to do. You know, you've got to keep an eye on things. You've got to, you know, make changes at certain levels, hold temperatures. And I mean, you got to do that in, in all brewing styles, but um, I would think that wild fermenting takes a little bit of extra skill. To, to get that right and to not have a gross beer. Yeah, you should you, you should get the guys from Free Will on probably to talk about it because I think oh, they're I they're probably as good as anybody. Uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure they're dropping that wine thief in the barrels all the time, and and uh, God love them when they actually think it's like now it's right, or you know, if we let it go two more months, it's going to be passed. So it's quite a skill, and I, I'm not educated in in any of these regards. I I like to drink beer and <laughs> and throw beer festivals, but yeah. I, you know, I hear like, you. Like in Belgium, I I know the spiders matter. You know, in the in the breweries, <laughs> uh, you know, for whatever whatever reason that is, but they're spinning those webs and they're putting out like natural bacterias. And it affects the beer, you know, when they have an open cool ship. So it's all very, yeah, it's all cool stuff. That is really cool. Someone's probably going to get on and say I'm full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Steve, why don't you tell me what you think about this beer? Um, Just as a reminder, we're sipping on Linwood Brewing. What does that say? Concern? Spin that can around. It does say concern. Yeah, see, when, <laughs> when you guys were first spinning it, I thought it was 2SP <laughs> when you were holding it way back. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was just seeing sort of the dark color and the, and the letters. I wonder what I said earlier when I announced it because I called it something. And maybe I just said Linwood Brewing Company, but that says concern, not company. It does. And it even says it on the side there. 
Linwood Brewing Concern. It's an interesting name. Um, but why don't you tell me what you're thinking about this beer, Mr. Steve? I don't I haven't had a little I don't think I've had a pale ale in a little while. So it's it's good to get that uh that nice light mouthfeel. It doesn't feel real heavy. It feels like I could drink a couple of these. Good hops coming through. So it's a quality little pale ale for you. Yeah, the, the mosaic's definitely coming through, but I feel like there's this like interesting um, I don't know if it's the if it's the mosaic or the timing on it. The way the hops are coming through at some point almost give me like more of an herbal quality than like the normal piney, resiny, um, juicy. I- I'm getting some like flowery uh, something going on there. Nice. Um, you know what I mean? Almost like a tea or something. But I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm I'm picking that up, but. Well, I'm glad you are, though. I do like it, though. I love Mosaic. Interesting. You know, somebody's told us, I think he was even on the show, they said something like, uh, you know, your, your, maybe it was Chris. might have actually been Chris. Um, your palate shifts every few years. You know, it's, he might have even been specific to say seven years or something like that. But um, do, do you have that? Do you, like, have any recollection of, you know, since you've been into craft beer, either one of you guys, like your palate shifting and and loving something and then completely changing and like, I can't drink those anymore. And and I prefer these styles. Uh, yeah, I think that happens for sure. It's not that I can't drink something anymore, but, you know, I'd say even for the last two years, I drink more lager than any other style, mm-hmm. which is, you know, why I'm so thrilled about people like East branch. <laughs> so, you know, but I, I drink a ton of Pilsner, Hellas, uh, you know, probably one of my favorite beers of all time was St. Boisterous at victory that Hellerbach and mm-hmm. that is like such a good beer. Uh, so, you know, it'll, it'll probably flip back. I mean, just drinking celebration a couple weeks ago, you know, I was just like, damn, this is good. And, you know, just because it was that West Coast fresh hop IPA and I just don't drink enough of them anymore, you know. And it was like, that was like a really nice sort of refreshing look back to, you know, beers we probably all drank eight years ago. Or you know. I definitely pick up a six pack of Celebration every year. And it's one of the ones that I look forward to and getting that pininess back in a little bit. Is yeah, I'm kind of glad that I, I think I did have some kind of palate shift because when I first got into craft beers, I was all into IPAs. I started getting into stouts and for some reason my palate could not take, and I don't know what it is, but like a lot of Pilsners and lagers, I just, for some reason, couldn't get into them. And I don't know if it was like through force or whatever, what happened, but eventually it shifted to where I actually love them and appreciate them and almost prefer them in some cases now too. Um, But I don't know. I'm glad that it happened because for the longest time, I just, I couldn't for some reason put down an entire Pilsner or lager. I I don't know why. 
Well, and I think I, you come to an appreciation. It gets talked about more and more. You guys, you have brewers on all the time and are like, you know, yeah, I make 20 hazy IPAs, but I drink Pilsner. <laughs> yep. You know, and, you know, the skill involved to make a great lager uh, is, you know, I, I mean, that's something to be celebrated, I think. So when I drink those kind of beers, I think about how they were made as well. And, you know, maybe that's why, I don't know, I just seem to have more of an appreciation for the skill. You know, as I always say, you can't hide flaws in some of these delicate beers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm ready for the next one, Mr. Steve, if you are. I am. So um, I had to, I, I, what was it last week, I guess? I had to make a, a work trip up to Massachusetts uh, and it was one of those things where it was a very quick trip and I had to leave late and I had to leave late on the way home and I was like I'm not going to be able to make any brewery timing um, but my schedule ended up freeing up and I had time so like I just was like I, I can do this and I made it through in time I placed a quick order and brought a couple beers home but um, you know I, I think I've, I've said this before but Treehouse has been incredible. It reminds me of what you're talking about, Jeff, with how the uh, the the Winterfest and Brewfest have been with COVID. Um, they've become they've always been an efficient machine. You know, you can have all these people lined up on your facility, and now everybody's in cars, and they have you know certain procedures. You put your your piece of paper with your order number and your name up on the window, and put your license up there and all that stuff. And um, they move you in and out really quickly. I, I haven't been there for 10 or 15 minutes both times that I've gone. I haven't been on a weekend because I've seen some people posting pictures on the weekend and they've got cars lined all the way down the driveway. Which I don't know. Have you been there, Jeff? I have not. No. It's a sight to behold. I'll tell you that. I just, it's one of those things where I, I can't get over it and I love talking about it because. The idea that the beer only comes out of that building, it's not on draft anywhere, you can't buy cans anywhere else, and the amount of volume and demand that they have is just unreal, and and the fact that they can somehow perfectly play that card to keep the hype, keep the demand, not need to do anything else, uh, you know, as far as ways to get beer out, but still push out that volume. And to ride that out for so many years, it's it's an I'm assuming an impressive balance of of a lot of things. Their brew schedule, the marketing, um, you know, the the brewery operations, the retail operations, just everything. It's it's uh, it's very impressive. So you're telling me I can't get them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Treehouse. Um, yeah, it's. You have to bring it back from there. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they would need a distribution deal anyway in Pennsylvania. So, oh yeah, it'd be fantastic if I don't think they've ever. I don't think so. I, I wanted to say that, like, I don't know who I was just thinking of, but you know, more and more people do like temporary distribution, and and they'll send beer down. I don't know if yeah, usually Philly Beer Week you know, gets some stuff that isn't you know isn't around later in the year, so. They get there's there's something they do with the PLCV 
to get certain beers. Yep. Jeff, while we're taking a break from beer, give me your uh, score for the uh, for the game tomorrow, uh, Saturday. Oh. Come on. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I got to I, I got to go with the Irish, I guess, like uh, 30-27. Okay. What, are they playing Penn State or what? <laughs> no, that would be like 55 to 10, but now they play Clemson again. Uh, yeah, again for the ACC championship. So so I don't know. If, it'll, it'll be interesting. Can you decide tell, if they're in the playoffs or not? Yeah. John's a big college football guy. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. can you tell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't stop using this glass. I got the glass, too, with the the purple. Well, look at Captain Proper over here. I'm going to get a different beer. I'm going to step out of the frame for a second. So, Hayes has really been one of my favorite beers out of the Treehouse lineup. Um, so... I think this is the first time I've had the the very hazy, um, so I'm super excited for it. It's got a um, fantastic color. You know what's interesting is even the American IPA. I, I got to say their American IPAs absolutely blow me away because for whatever reason, I'm expecting the clear, dank hoppiness, but they still have their treehouse vibe to it but just take it a little bit more that direction than the new England hazies. And, and I find myself actually liking those the best out of the batches of, of like, really, you know, the mixed case or whatever. I love that lager that was in this last batch. Oh my goodness. That one was probably, that one might've been my favorite beer out of the entire batch. Actually, this last one, it was a Oak. Was it Oak aged? I think. Yeah. Uh, oak aged um, lager. Uh, from Treehouse, and and that's one of those things, man. They they do those beers fantastic, also. They are definitely, you know, you you talk about the hazies, and you know, you line up twelve different hazies, you're going to taste eight the same, and but they still put out great lagers. They do a great stouts. They do a lot of really good beers up there. You know, it's so been I'm a keeping, while. I'm, I'm keeping it in that same family, so. Uh... Oh, hang on here. Yeah, it's like what a mirror image. Yeah, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> oh, there we go. I'm not skilled at this stuff. Okay, I recognize so. the logo, but I can't put it. Is that? The gentleman again, the General Braddock's IPA. Nice. This, this beer is phenomenal. You're, you're going all Pittsburgh on us tonight. You're going all yeah, again. Yeah, this uh, this this is like their flagship, and it would it would be my refrigerator beer hands down. Wow, I would have this beer all the time in my refrigerator. It's just phenomenal, man. So I, I was saying, Mister Steve, that you know, I've when you take a break from having you know, the, the hazy IPAs and I've gotten um, a lot of local stuff, a lot of lagers and pilsners and um, tons and tons of stouts lately. Right. And then you get the, the hazies. And, and I, I remember having the first sip 
of that first tree house out of that case that I brought back and was like, holy cow, I forgot how good these guys are. And I wish you could figure out the science, right? Like, is it something that they're doing to make their water extra soft? And then, you know, cause, cause I always feel like that's, that's one of those qualities to a lot of their beers is they're, they're pillowy. They're very soft. They're, doesn't oat, don't, don't the oats do that usually? I think so. Like the oats really softens the mouth feel. I think you're right. It's just, you know, what, what makes them so, to me, they are delicious, but also. Yeah, it's, I'm washed out. <laughs> but, you know, but also just well liked by so many people. What, what, what did they figure out that seems to just everybody likes that beer and, and, you know, somebody, most people don't have one of them and go like, oh, shit, this isn't for me. They've got something know. figured out, and I know they must be making a shit ton of money up there. That's all I know. <laughs> They're always knocking down some more trees and and building a new something there, expanding to a new space and more warehouse or I don't know. I it just I, I, no, I don't know. And nobody goes there and gets a four pack. Oh yeah, that's one thing I notice when people post. It's like they got a hand truck of beer. It's cases on cases. I've done that pre-COVID in the summer, and you know I put that that text out. Hey guys, I'm going today. What do you want? And next thing you know, I've got six or seven cases on a hand truck walking all the way down the driveway to that lower lot. And then having to bring the cart back up, you know, that's why, like, I almost, I hope they, they find a way to keep this, like this car thing, you know, because it, it is so efficient and, and can keep those people out of the way of the, the tap room area and, you know, the other stuff. So I don't know. I don't Mr. want to give too yeah, Mr. Much. Steve, I'm not on that text list, obviously. <laughs> you got to talk to John. He's the one that's always up there. I know. That's what I mean. I, I do go up like six <laughs> or eight times a year, I feel like. I always end up having a reason to go up to, to New England area. But I, I want to I want to try to – I mean, I everybody knows we're everybody's a big fan of Treehouse. We could talk about them forever. But I really want to try to put some effort into talking into PA stuff. Um, how are you guys feeling about the restaurants closing back down? I feel really bad for the restaurants. I understand it. I understand the situation, but I just feel really bad for those guys. And it's not getting any better. And they're not getting relief from the government. And it's just like they're taking it on the chin. And I can't blame these guys for getting pissed off. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard. I, I see a lot of people upset. I see a lot of people, um, I don't want to say a lot, but I see certain people posting online. They're staying open. They're doing it anyway. F it, you know. Um, it's tough, man, because I feel so bad for those. And it's, 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 there's so many arguments, right? Because you, you can get, you can, you can be closer to people in the bread aisle at Giant than you would be at a restaurant. 
Mm-hmm. That's ran well. You know what I mean? The way that they're picking and choosing things is, a, you know, I don't always necessarily agree with, but at the same time, I am terrified to be the reason that somebody gets sick and potentially one of their family members, you know, passes away. So you, it's, it's, I want to be like, everybody just stop and, and shut up and deal with it. We'll be through this. Eventually things will get back to normal, but there's a lot of, of businesses that, that are struggling that may not be able to reopen afterwards. Yeah. But well, I, my opinion is, I mean, I just think we all know all of this could have been handled much better. And these people are suffering because of the mismanagement of the virus. That's how I feel about it. I mean, yeah. um, they should be getting some sort of relief. Uh, you know, uh, you know, when, when PPP money goes to giant corporations who don't need it and, you know, whatever, I mean, it's just, it's the system. It's like scamming the system. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, is you can't go in these places without and without taking your mask off. You have to take your mask off to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. And you may be close to that person and giant, but hopefully you're still moving. You're not that stationary and you better have your mask on, I would hope. So uh, it's, it's really a tough situation. I don't really understand. I don't really understand conceptually the idea of going online and announcing that you're going to break the law to thousands upon thousands of people. I, I, I just I don't really understand that part of it. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, if you're going to stay open, just stay open. Yeah, I'm I feel sure like some people, the constituents that come to your place are going to know you're open and they're going to come. You know, it's like you're trying to make some point. And it's like, well, you're going to be pretty easy to find. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how much the the enforcement arm of the LCB is like really going out there after people. But, uh, but yeah, it's a shame. And 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 quite frankly, I had concern about it for Winterfest. I mean, when that got announced, I just like, you know, that made me cringe a little bit because it was like, you know, I got I got people signed up, but you know, they got to make it through. I mean, so I don't know. You know, I, uh, I know breweries and PA post a lot of stuff. You know, constantly. shout out to them. Uh, we uh, we we were talking with them over the summer about being on the show, and then um, haven't been able to get them on um, more recently. But um, the article shows that the PA Department of Agriculture has been sending emails and making phone calls to threaten Pennsylvania breweries that um, seem to not be following the uh, the governor's uh, mitigation orders. So it, it's interesting, you know. Hopefully, heard- the, hopefully the vaccine will make all the difference. Yes, let's hope so. I, I hopefully it gets out at a decent time, and, and you know it's it's that's another thing too is like I know people that are like I won't take it, I won't do it, and and I I, I agree that you know this is like exactly the plot line for I think I am Legend, you know there's like a oh, massive okay. virus that they send out a thing to, and then everybody turns into those zombies, but they're actually fast and not slow, and nobody wants that, but um. And that's terrifying too. That all all the nurses 
and first responders are getting it first. So if they all turn to zombies, then who's going to treat them? And then us eventually. It's better now. I'll be married to one. So (laughs) I don't want her like killing me in my sleep or anything. (laughs) Or the, uh, you know, the, uh, the famous, whatever you want to call it, uh, storyline of, of most zombie things that you end up having to kill a loved one because they've turned and you haven't yet. Nobody wants to deal with that. But um, that kind of went off on a, on a tangent. But, <laughs> no, but you know, it, it's interesting because I've heard some people say the cops can't do anything. It's not law. It's a mandate. It's different. They can't do anything. You can't get arrested. They can tell you you should do this, but then you can't do anything about it. I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, it stinks for so many people. There's so many jobs and so many um, places that are hurting that really need the help. But at the same time, I don't know, a lot of other companies have figured out how to adapt and hopefully everybody else can figure that out. Well, like, uh, like Taylor said in the chat, make sure you're hitting up your, uh, your local joints, try and get some takeout, try and still support these guys, grab some uh, gift cards. That's a good thing to put some money in their pocket and hopefully use those gift cards down the line. Shout out Phil Murphy. Uh, Phil Murphy, great guy. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, we've got Sean checking in. Fish, of course. Woo! Chris, everybody, <laughs> thanks for uh, for hanging out and uh, chiming in with us. But yeah, I, I thought that was kind of interesting. The Department of Agriculture, of all people, was the um, the one in trying to enforce this. So that's kind of interesting. Um, I got another one for you. I, I saw the funniest, um, the funniest meme. If anybody's familiar with the uh, the Facebook page, um, worst beer blog. It's definitely worth following. It's hilarious. But then they posted a meme today that said, um, "When best beer blog follows your brewery." Because I guess if they're <laughs> if you're getting their attention, they might repost some of your stuff. But I wanted to show you guys um, one of the things that they posted today. Uh, it's hilarious, and I, I'm I'm not sure I'm crazy about the marketing here. This is Satire Brewing Company, and the beer is called Winter Whiz American Pilsner, five point two four percent. Fresh, light, yellowish, looks like pee in a glass, a.k.a. whiz. And exhilarating on cold, or as exhilarating on, on a cold day as when you relived yourself after the idiot driver wouldn't pull over when you had to go. Uh, I'm good. I'm good yeah, on that. I can't imagine that anybody would be super excited to try that beer after that Facebook post. Yeah, I question whoever is in the department on that one. It's a, it's a little less subtle than Golden Shower. Yeah, just a little bit, right? <laughs> so I got another one for you guys that I wanted to show you again. Um, breweries in PA do such a fantastic job. Beer news, everything that they do for the industry. This I really like. I'm always talking about marketing and creative ways to market a brewery and and to come up with new ways to sell your beer. This one is Workhorse Brewing is introducing subscription packs. So everybody is used to 
those subscription services where you can get, you know, a beer box a month and it's always the stuff that doesn't sell or has, you know, the, uh, the super long, um, you know, the, the dates on them where they were, you know, they were canned a year ago and, and you just end up getting, you know, the, the, not the best stuff sometimes. This I feel like is a fantastic opportunity for breweries where it can be given as a gift um, you can try new stuff, you know, whatever the case may be, it's a very, I think, interesting way to get people hooked on because you, you see it all the time in all kinds of other verticals and, and markets where you subscribe for your razors and you subscribe for, you know, your, your air filters for your, you know, your HVAC or you subscribe for whatever else, you know, and, and tons of subscription options to see it done by a brewery i think is a new and exciting way to to move and sell and ship your beer very easily and very predictably so what are they doing it's it do they send you a four pack they send you a six pack what's the i used to buy 12 albums for a dollar that was a good uh, <laughs> a good deal Beer fans can choose between a three, six, or 12-month subscription and will receive a mixed six-pack of 16-ounce workhorse beers each month. That's not bad. Wow. Each subscription includes your choice of an additional perk valued between $25 and $75, depending on the length of your subscription. Hmm. So I wonder what that is. All subscriptions also include a discounted flat rate shipping for both at-home delivery and PA statewide delivery, regardless of location. So, I mean, just imagine like anybody who's a fan of a brewery, if you were there enjoying a beer and they say, guess what? If you live in Pennsylvania, sign up for this subscription service, we'll send you a six pack once a month. It's not like you're subscribing to something that's completely outrageous or that's going to cost you too much money. It's like an easy way to get the beer at home. And um, it's hopefully something that you really like. Um, uh, Yeah. It sounds like you're going to get new releases and fresh beer. So exactly. You know, it's fresh, you know, it's from a brewery that you like. I don't see any reason why every brewery doesn't start offering that option. I mean, I know it's not logistically, the easiest thing to get into, but a lot of breweries have changed the way they're doing things. They're, they're shipping now. They're, they're finding new ways to get their beer out. They're doing home delivery in their neighborhoods. Um, I think it's a fantastic way to, uh, to sell beer. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, it is cool. I wish them luck. Uh, last one that I have here on the news list is, um, buddies of ours root down brewing company i've got to get them on the show mike and i have talked a hundred times about it and have not made it happen but uh root down is um released a new beer it's an esb we were just talking about esbs on the last show um but 50 percent of the proceeds from uh, this beer, Colonial's Holiday Special, will um, are going to the iconic Colonial Theater in Phoenixville. So if anybody's not nice. familiar, Root Down Brewing, Phoenixville, fantastic brewery, fantastic people, fantastic beers. Um, they won gold 
for American IPA, I think a year or two ago at a GABF. They do fantastic styles of every style. Um, you know, they do great pilsners and lagers. They do fantastic IPAs, stouts, everything. Um, but really cool little project. If you guys don't know that Colonial Theater, when you're driving down Bridge Street in, uh, in Phoenixville, I believe part of the blob was filmed there. Um, I don't know if they show movies so much anymore. I, I think they do a little bit, but maybe it's more, um, you know, uh, like more like a, a, a theater for plays and things like that, as opposed to movie showings. I don't know if has have any guys been. They've done some music, but I think it's pretty limited. I actually, I think like the psychedelic furs were there last year or something. Mm. Uh, but I don't think they do that a lot. So you, I mean, I, you, you might be right. Like it might be more independent film stuff and uh, local production stuff. Yep. I get pretty jealous of your, your Instagram and your Facebook sometimes, Jeff. You look like you have a very good time getting out after concerts. I mean, that was oh, all pre-COVID, but... It's man. like it's like one of the things I miss the most. I bet. It's just crazy. How yeah, many shows a year, if you had to guess, do you try to get to? Uh, it's probably not as many as it seems. <laughs> uh, I would guess 30. Like maybe, yeah. you know, three a month, two months, somewhere 25 to 30. We do a lot of more small venue stuff, though. So, yeah. With, uh, with, uh, Live music, uh, man. There's nothing like it. And uh, it stinks that there's a. My wife's you know, not uh, too tall. So when we go out to like the clubs, we always go early. Because uh, if you're looking at my videos, it looks like I'm sitting in the lead guitarist's lap half the time. <laughs> right. Like, we're, uh, we we like the kid. We usually post something that's like the Normans are on the rail again. So, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, cool. so yeah, yeah. I, I miss that a lot. Yeah. And a lot of people do. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, and I've been, that's where I spend some money. I spend money on, uh, on, you know, artists who are doing uh, online shows. You know, some of them just do them through like a Venmo tip jar, but other ones, <laughs> Uh, I've been following a series of drive-by truckers have been playing uh, like every Wednesday, like acoustic members and stuff like that. And you can, you could do the same thing with that. It was almost a subscription. You could buy like individual shows or you could buy all six shows for a set price. So I think, I think that idea, yeah, that idea is definitely caught on with a lot of people in, in different venues and genres. I'm going to give you one of these questions again. One <laughs> band, group, singer, whatever you think. Oh, this is easy. Wait. Go ahead, finish. They have to come back from the dead. It has to be oh. somebody dead. Not somebody that you can see to have at the Kennett Winterfest. No, no, it's still easy. Okay. Uh, that would absolutely be Bob Marley. Oh, I was going to say, you're going to say Marley. I'll bring it back. You were going to ask me who I wanted to see. I was going to see The Cure. I haven't seen The Cure in forever. It's like, if I could get them to come and play, that would be cool. I'll <laughs> be, bring it back Prince. Like, Prince is coming to the next. Uh, Prince would be good. <laughs> the next zombie Winterfest. We're running short on time, Mr. Steve. Let's um let's chat about this haze a little bit. And um, tell me how it's tasting. It's, it's tasting really good. Uh, like you said, I've... 
I, I've had some different hazies from different breweries, kind of local. And then when you go back to the treehouse, there's definitely a step up to the treehouse stuff. I don't know quite how to explain it. The mouthfeel, the taste, the combination of everything together. You feel like there's a little extra to these beers and it's tasting, uh, it's going down really well. I agree. I mean, it's just, it always feels like it's a step above incredibly well balanced. They don't have a bad beer. Um, this one in particular, very hazy coming in at, at uh, 8.6. It doesn't really even taste like that. I mean, it's just it's just solid mouthfeel, incredibly well balanced, delicious, very juicy, just so drinkable, even for an eight point six. You know, you kind of understand why so many people like them and they're so well received because the style of beer, these hazies, they just do them better than anybody where you've got all kinds of flavor, tons and tons of flavor, but you don't get anything that turns you off too much bitter, too much sweet, anything like that. It's just well done. Jeff, hey, have, tell you guys, us have, you, have you guys tried the uh, that Baltic Porter yet from East Branch? I haven't. Mr. Steve? No, I have not had the Porter yet. No. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I love everything that they do, but uh, I'm just now re- finding out that um, Idaho 7 may be the hop that uh, that's my kryptonite that turns me off. Yeah. So um, yeah, Hydra... Cloudy and cumbersome from Levante. You know, some of those beers I just don't like, and I can never figure it out, and I think we finally did. Oh, that is interesting. I didn't even know Cloudy had that, but I, I know Victory Victory did that one canning line of, like, specialty cans, and uh, the one was a Pilsner, I believe, with Idaho 7, and uh, that just was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, uh, something to seller or some oh, tank to table. Oh, tank to tables. Yeah, tank to tank to tables. Man, I think I liked one of them. I was so I mean, excited. I, say, for you know, I, I don't. I don't want to talk about breweries in a bad light. I got a big list of people that I love, uh, oh, but that, that just didn't work out. Victory's amazing, but yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that's one of those ones where. For whatever reason, the way they marketed it, I was so excited for it, and it just didn't work for me. Like I, 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 did, I, don't, I think there might have been one or two that, um, that really did it. That it I almost, really enjoyed. It almost felt more to me that it was like we, we just have to get into the uh, silver can with a wraparound label craze because we're late to that game. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, the the stuff they put in the can just didn't quite live up. And and all and all they had to do was put double dry hop dirt wolf in the can, and a sixteen ounce can exactly, and it would have flew off the shelves and be done with it. <laughs> John, before we get out of here, toast of the week. Shit, I I I completely forgot. Okay, terrific. Again. <laughs> You guys go ahead. Let me think on it for a second. Well, well, you think about it. My toast of the week is going out to comedian Andrew Schultz. He's got a new Netflix special. It came out today. It's got more jokes per minute than anything I've ever seen before in my life. He hits the left. He hits the right. He attacks everybody. It is hilarious. Check out Andrew Schultz. Uh, I think it's called Andrew Schultz Saves America on Netflix. It's excellent. He's so funny. Check it out. 
I think I see will. him on on Facebook and stuff a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, I might follow him. Um, funny dude. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Super funny. Jeff, anything you got? Uh, I, oh, I know you're gosh, not prepared yeah. for that, but I know. Well, I'll just say um, cheers to the 48 breweries that are participating in the Kenna Winterfest. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. I said a million times there are no Kennet beer festivals without breweries. So uh, they're the lifeblood of what we do, and they all step up to the plate. And hopefully tomorrow will be no different, and everyone's going to have fantastic beer in February. So cheers to all of them. Yeah. I'm going to go cheers to um, to all the restaurant and, and brewery restaurant workers that – finally got back to it and then got sat back down um hopefully that we get some stimulus or something hopefully the vaccines roll through a lot quicker than um than than they're saying and we can get back to normal get you people back on your feet there's a lot of people struggling a lot of people without jobs um a lot of people get money that they shouldn't you know things like that but um yeah, but but cheers to everybody that's all, all the restaurant workers, all everybody that uh, you know, that's out of work. Hopefully, we're back to it. But cheers to you guys. Um, cheers to that for sure. Yeah, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a blast. I'm so excited for Kenneth Winterfest. Um, I'll post the link again in the chat. I did a little bit earlier. I'll do it again. Um, of course, we're going to be posting about it on social media tonight and tomorrow. So um, very excited. Thank you for everything that you do organizing that. It's fantastic for the brewers, but it's even more fantastic for the fans and the drinkers. So uh, thanks again for everything that you're doing. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. I was, uh, I always enjoy talking to you guys. So <laughs> absolutely. So. Taylor, if you want to give me the music, we'll wrap it up. Guys, if you took the time to listen to us, to watch us on Facebook, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for checking us out. Make sure you go to mbnnetwork.com. It's never been easier to find your new favorite podcast. Visit our sponsor, Unomia CBD. Use promo code NBM to get 20% off. Free shipping and a free gift. And um, check us out on all the podcast platforms tomorrow. So if you're watching us now on Thursday, we're out tomorrow on Friday. But if you're listening to us on the podcast, you already know that we're out and we're there in the future. But Jeff, thanks again for hanging out. We're, we're going to stay. Uh, we got one more beer that we're going to crack. We've got a uh, little guy, Ralphius, from Free Will. So um, we're going to hang out on Facebook for another couple minutes. But everybody in podcast land, we love you. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay, terrific.